Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. We dive in. Uh, I'm going to start a two-week series. I'm going to start it this week, and uh, then we're going to take a pause next week. And Gina Anderson is going to teach us on the subject prosperity always and preservation today, which is really kind of a Kickstarter for uh, the small group that's going to be going on this summer, talking about healthy habits and marrying kind of our our spiritual habits and our physical habits and how we can bring those two together in the arena of faith, which, by the way, if you have not signed up, we have a sign-up sheet in the back, and I saw a bunch of you sign up this morning, and uh, that's going to be on Tuesday evenings. And guess what? It's going to be meeting here because we have a building. So uh, we're very excited about that. Um, And I know we've got summer of things that's kicking off for our youth. And so that's for any kid who has finished the fifth grade. So if you're going into the sixth grade this fall, then this is for you. Uh, Joey's got a whole summer of things planned uh, that's going to be an absolute blast, and that's going to be kicking off with movie night right here on uh, the 16th. Is that right? The 16th. So uh, lots of good stuff coming on, going on this summer, and uh, it's really kind of why I'm going to talk about the subject I am today and in two weeks, and that's really dangerous church. Now, let me clarify here. Uh, because I know that some of you have been in some weird churches before and maybe even some awkward situations and some situations that you thought you are in danger. Maybe it was a danger to your health and gave you anxiety or you just felt like you didn't fit in and uh, you didn't click with the pastor or whatever the case was. We're not talking about that kind of dangerous church. What we're talking about is the kind of church that is a danger to Satan and his minions, the kind of church that pushes the kingdom of God forward here in Hutto, Texas. That is the kind of church that we want to be. Now, the temptation is really to be a safe church, right? Because uh, a safe church just takes it easy, is more concerned about comfort, and uh, really doesn't go uh, above and beyond, right? And now that we're in a building and we have a place that we can call home, it's really tempting for us to do that. We can sit back and we can just go to church every Sunday. We can kind of get in this little routine and uh, we serve when it's convenient. We give when we have a little bit of extra money and we're just at church a couple of times a month and we're just going to play it safe in the arena of faith. And safe churches uh, have a few characteristics. And one of those characteristics is we just try to keep people happy. We just want to be all happy, right? And I'll tell you, this is a temptation for me because I don't like conflict. And I want you to be happy, and I want to be happy, and I want us to all be happy together and never have any conflict, and we can just kind of go on our sweet, merry way, and we'll all see Jesus one day, right? But the reality is, if we're all happy, then we're probably not reading the Bible And we're probably not paying attention to God's word because his word really goes against everything that our culture says makes us happy, right? So we've got to talk about some hard things occasionally. 
Sometimes uh, I can't be your friend. I have to be your pastor. And as much as I want to be your friend and want to be your buddy and want to say all the things that uh, really make you like me, sometimes we have to have hard conversations and talk about the real issues of life, the issues that are going on in your life so that we can become the people that Jesus has designed us to be. So we can't always just be happy. But safe churches... Safe churches also avoid controversial issues. And again, we just say, oh, everything is good. No problems here, pastor, because we want everybody to be happy. The problem is when we don't talk about the real issues of life, we can kind of sweep things under the rug. And like a friend I was talking to last week, then all of a sudden, three of his friends, who he's in close relationship with, all of a sudden are going through a divorce. See, the problem is we didn't talk about the real issues of life. We didn't talk about uh, the controversial issues. We just said, oh, we're all happy, we're all good, and we kept conflict at bay. And really, when we talk about controversial issues, especially when you think about what is controversial in society today, what it comes down to is an issue of sin. Right? Because if we're going to sit and talk about the things that are wrong with our world, it's a sin issue. I don't care if it's the LGBTQ agenda. I don't care if it's CRT. I don't care if it's whichever side of the political aisle you sit on. Whatever the issue is, probably sin is at the very bottom of that. And the Bible very clearly and often talks about sin. And so we've got to address those issues. And then finally, a safe church remains cautious. A safe church just remains cautious. Never takes a risk. We never get out of our comfort zone. We don't do anything different. We just do things the way we've always done them because it makes us happy and because we're comfortable there, right? And so we're not going to try any new outreaches that might fail because we just are going to remain cautious. We don't want to take a risk. And really, I think what we mean by cautious is comfortable. We just remain comfortable. And so again, we're just going to go through the motions of faith and say, oh, I'll go to church when I can. I'll give when I can. I'll serve when I can. I'm not really going to make anybody else uncomfortable by talking about my faith because I want them to be happy and I don't want to talk about anything controversial. So I'll just be a comfortable Christian. And it's easy to get there. It's a very short trip, right? And, And it's a temptation For us, now that we're here, just to be comfortable and we can meet together in our holy huddle and continue on in the sweet by and by. The only problem with that, again, is the Bible, right? Some of you probably remember the quote from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and talking about Aslan. He said, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall rather feel nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And so our king is a dangerous king. And his church ought to be a dangerous church And I'll just remind you that Revelation tells us when he comes back, he's not coming back as the lamb. He's coming back as the lion, 
riding on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth and uh, eyes that are fiery red with a robe dipped in blood that says, the, uh, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will punish all of those who are wicked. And so we, we the church, ought to be a dangerous church. And when I think about a dangerous church, the kind of church that we want to be, I really go back to Acts chapter 2 and that very first church. And if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 38 through 41 very briefly. And you know the context of this. This is the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has fallen on the disciples and Peter has gone out with the other disciples and they began to speak in tongues so that men of every nation and every language can understand what is being said. And Peter stands up and he begins to just share the gospel. And the very people who cried a few weeks before, crucify him, crucify him, are the people that the Holy Spirit is now working on and he's convicting them to the heart. And and while Peter is saying, they say, hold up, wait a minute. We've been in the wrong. What in the world are we to do now? And at that very moment, Peter says this, verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Church, that is a dangerous message that has eternal consequences. 3,000 lives were changed that day and added to the kingdom. And church, our mission is to change lives and to change eternities. Anything short of that is really not acceptable for us. We want to be the kind of church that is talked about here that goes out that preaches the word of God faithfully so that people will be saved, so that sins will be forgiven, so that people can spend eternity with Jesus. We want to be the kind of church where we talk about the Bible first. And this is what guides our beliefs. This is what guides our values. This is what guides our life. This is our foundation. We want to have the kind of community where we can have those conversations. If your marriage is falling apart, if things are are going on, that we can say, all right, let's talk about it. It's okay. Whatever the issue is, we can talk about the issue. Very matter-of-factly. We can argue about it if you want to. And still walk out the door knowing if something happens in your life, I'm going to be on your front doorstep at that very moment. Because I'm here for you. And it's not about the issue. It's about the person. We value community. Be the kind of place where we train people to be disciples, to be followers of Christ. And then that we give our lives away, that we give generously, that we serve as you guys have done so well these past few weeks. That's the kind of dangerous church we want to be. So I want to point out just three things briefly, qualities of a dangerous church to you today. And the first one is this. I must have a radical approach. I must have a radical 
approach. Because here's the deal. If we're going to be safe, then we're going to do things the way we've always done them. We're going to think the same way. We're going to act the same way. We're going to talk the same way. But if things are going to be different, you've got to put a stake in the ground and just begin to talk to yourself. I must have a radical approach to this life and to faith. Radical is the name of the game when you look at the Bible. I mean, you look at John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, and and I'm just going to kind of skim over a few verses here. Um, In those days, John came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then it goes on and it describes John, and he was kind of a radical guy, and you don't necessarily have to dress in camel's hair and have a leather belt like he did, and eat locusts and wild honey. But here's the thing. His message was so radical that people would come out of the cities and they would go to the wilderness, they would hear him preach, and they would turn away from sin. I mean, you're talking about life change right there. You're talking about a, a doing life a new way, putting old stuff behind, and then they would be baptized and they would follow him, become his disciples. You think about how Jesus, his radical approach to um, the Jews who were uh, really kind of making a mockery of the temple. In Matthew 21, he went over and he turned all of the money changers' tables over and he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer and you've made it a den of robbers. So we've got to be the kind of church that takes prayer seriously. That says we're not going to do anything without prayer. We're not going to do anything until, until we wait on the Holy Spirit and we hear from Him. Because we can do things all day long in our own power and try to do them our own way and try to force the issue with things. But until we just stop and say, okay, God, enough is enough. I've tried it my way. That hasn't worked. I'm going to do it your way. And I'm going to wait on you to move. And things don't change. So we've got to have a radical approach to life. We've got to have a radical approach to the way we raise our kids. Society is telling them we ought to raise our kids one way. We ought to let them do what they want. They ought to have uh, the only authority to make their own decisions, especially when they're 18, then they're ad- adults, right? Do whatever they want. We've got to say, hey, we're, we're not going to do what culture says. We're going to do what God's word says. And we're going to raise our kids to know Jesus and to love Jesus. Whatever that costs us, we're going to do that. We're going to handle our finances different. The, the way we, uh, our priorities, our priorities have to be different. We have to have a radical approach to life. Let me just ask you a question. Is your approach to life today one that people would look at and say, oh, that person is a Christian? Oh, I know by the way they live their life, by the way they talk, by the way they uh, act, by the people that they interact with, I know that person loves Jesus. We're put on the dais. You know, you remember the old example and they had to convict you of being a Christian. Could somebody do that? I wonder. If not, maybe it's time to say, I'm going to take a radical approach to faith. One of the most radical things, especially when you look at what Jesus taught, when you look at what John the Baptist taught, is that they called out sin for sin. They just said what it is. It's sin. And I think 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, really identifies the sin that we face in our culture that we as believers have to begin to deal with. In that passage it says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, 
proud, arrogant, abusive. Oh, this one's for the kids. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. Unappeasable. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And then he tacks on, avoid such people. See, I wonder, let me back up. I, I met a lady one time when I was chaplain with the police department here and I was interviewing her to be a chaplain and she was the most delightful lady I've, I'd ever met. And I sat down and just uh, the, her presence, kind of the, um, the way she carried herself. Like sometimes you meet a really nice person, but they're annoyingly nice. And so you can't be around them for too long because it's just annoying. I mean, she was the exact opposite. She was just as sweet and as genuine as could be. And I was like, "What, Mary, what, what is up with you? Like, you're, you're too genuinely nice. And I don't even know how to describe it. And she said, well, here's the deal. A few years ago, I made a list of all the qualities I did not like about myself. And one by one, I just began to work on those things. And I would work on one thing until uh, I felt like I had changed that about myself. And I'd cross that off my list and I'd go to the next thing. And, and on and on down her list, whatever those things were, and she just became this incredible person. And when I look at, at this list of sins that, that we have, if we're going to take a radical approach to this life and to our faith, Maybe it's time that we put that on a list, a piece of paper, and we begin to say, okay, what is true of me? Man, do I really love myself? Do I love money? Do I love pleasure more than I love God? And then begin to intentionally and diligently work on those things and begin to cross the sin out of our life that we might become the person that, that you've always wanted to become and the person that God has created you to be that you might be your full self, not in this pretentious, worldly-like way, but honestly, looking yourself in the mirror, standing before God and say, I am the best version of myself today. We've got to take a radical approach to living this life. But secondly, I must have divine boldness. I must have divine boldness. Turn with me over to Acts chapter 4. In verse 29, the, the disciples have just gone before the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin has uh, rebuked them and told them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And so they go back to the upper room, and they begin to pray and listen to the boldness of this prayer. I mean, this is incredible. It's inspiring. After they've just been threatened, after they've been told, you better not talk about Jesus anymore. They pray, Now, Lord, consider their threats and grant your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's an incredible prayer. And it goes on in verse 31, they say, And after they prayed, the place where they uh, were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I must have divine boldness. You know, I wonder what would happen if each of us just took that 
little two verses, verses 29 and 30. And if we were to pray those every day for the month of June, for whatever's left of this month, 25-ish, 26 days, if you just pray, Lord, I'm not being threatened real very much right now, but um, I'm not really speaking about you either. So God, would you just fill me with your spirit so that I might speak your word with boldness wherever I go? Whether it's in the grocery store, if I go to the gym, or if I'm gathered with friends. Lord, I pray that, man, over the next few weeks, you would stretch out your hand. You would heal. Those that are hurting, those that have physical ailments, those with broken relationships, God, stretch out your hand and heal. Perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of Jesus for your glory. Amen. Would you pray that? Would you pray that this month and see what God begins to do? That is a bold, bold prayer. And for some of you in in areas of your life, it's time to start praying bigger. I'm not talking about the name it, claim it type prayer. I'm not talking about health and wealth gospel. But seriously, you need to start praying bigger. You've got friends and family members who are far from Jesus. And they need to know Him. And, and maybe you've given up on them. And I just tell you, the person you think that might be farthest away from Jesus might actually be the closest one to making that decision to follow Him. And you need to not give up and not, not stop praying for him or her. We pray with some great boldness. We need to speak boldly. Be willing to do the things that no one else will do. Pray that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that God would speak to you in a way that you can understand. But lastly, I think we must tell ourselves, I must have risk-taking faith. I must have risk-taking faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. In Matthew chapter 16, um, Jesus says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And then I love this passage in Acts chapter 15 and verse uh, 25 through 27. It says, it seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would someone say that about you? That you had risked your life for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know, I know our lives are not in danger. And often we're not even hardly ridiculed when we talk about Jesus. And maybe that ought to motivate us just a little bit more to have a little bit more faith and take a little bit more risk when it, when it comes to talking about Jesus. And someone says, hey, how was your weekend? Instead of saying, oh yeah, it was good. And moving on with the conversation, you might say, you know what, it was great. Our church opened up our new building and we got to meet on Sunday for the first time in two and a half years and we were just so excited to be there together. It was really great. You know what? You should come sometime and you should check it out, see what it's all about. And You might have a little bit more boldness in your workplace. You might uh, begin praying for your clients, the people that you do business with on a, a day-to-day basis, or you might pray for your coworkers 
and just begin to see what Jesus does and occasionally start talking about the name of Jesus, talking about your faith, talking about the things that are going on with you, what God is doing, the prayers that you're praying, the things you're asking Him for. And can I just be honest with you? I know this is not the greatest feel-good message, but having this kind of faith, taking this kind of risk is going to cost you. It's just going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. It might cost you money. And honestly, it might cost you relationships when you begin to bring up the name of Jesus. And can I just tell you, it's okay. It's okay to lose out on this life for the next life. Because may we not go to our grave knowing that we need to share the name of Jesus with somebody and withholding that because we want to remain cautious and comfortable. And we would rather be happy and have happy relationships than talk about the truth of God's Word. And church, I would just challenge you as I close to take a risk. Take a risk. Do not be content to continue living a comfortable Christian life just because it makes you happy, just because it is easy. That is not who Jesus is. That is not who He has asked His church to be. And I don't want you to get to the end of your days and look back on your life with regret and say, oh, what I could have done for the kingdom of God had I just taken a little bit of a risk. Had I just had a little bit more boldness. Had I just lived a little bit more radical life. No, make the change today. Make the change today. Decide to be a dangerous Christian who will be part of a dangerous church. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.